Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Cricket Social. I'm Akshay and with me is my co-host Chanak. And on this podcast, we ramble about all things cricket, on the field and off it as well. Boys, hit this one, Miles. Great shot. Oh, it's a biggie. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. In the air, Srijan takes it. India win. Welcome to our podcast, The Cricket Social. Today, we have an interesting topic that we'd like to talk about. And uh, before we dwell into that, Ketu, I want to ask you one question. So, how long do you think women's cricket has been around? Ooh, okay. Um, I would say somewhere from 50s or 60s, like 1950s, 60s. Well, you are grossly incorrect. It has been around for 250 years. And uh, I also thought the same, that it has been around only for like last 50 years or so. But uh, apparently, it has been around for 250 years. And yet, it is not as popular as men's cricket. So, it tells a lot uh, you know what? What women cricket is going through? Uh, Definitely, because I mean, I, I honestly would never have thought that you know women's cricket has been played around for like two fifty years or whatever. Because I would come across pictures of old Victorian pictures of English elite women playing cricket, but I never really knew like cricket as a form of sport was ever present for that long for for women. And yeah, I think 250 years is a lot of time. And the first time when a women's cricket association was formed was as recent as like in 1926. And that was founded in England. So it was only in England that it kind of, you know, gained some popularity. But other than that... yeah, I don't think any other cricket playing nation even ever thought about it. So here's some background. Founded in 1926 and only after 72 years. So that's like in 1998 when English Cricket Board, who handles men's cricket, got took over the ownership of it to in order to popularize and materialize into, into a professional sport. Wow. And, uh, okay. Yeah. And and same thing. I mean, there was some some wave across the ocean in New Zealand and Australia. So in 1934, even they started uh, this Women's Cricket Association and uh, these three teams uh, started playing a little bit of cricket. But other than that, I think all other teams were were kind of devoid of this kind of association where women would get opportunity to play around. So the the history is not too strong. And uh, I think maybe now is the time to corrected yeah i mean like looking at looking at the years that you mentioned right like so the women's cricket association was founded in 1926 and it took until 1998 for a major cricket board to take it under its wing so that tells you how, how much the potential has been neglected over, over like what 70 72 years now and yeah. that, that's a surprising fact right and even since 1998 i mean sure there are some things happening off lately but I feel like uh, men's cricket has exponentially grown in that time, whereas women's cricket, I don't see that kind of thing, right? And now that you brought up the history, I quickly looked up some years. It looks like Women's Cricket Association of India was formed in 1973. It took us until 2006 to bring it under BCCI. That's a big surprise to me as well. Yeah. So the history is interesting. Uh, it has been there around for quite some, quite some time, but hasn't gained that momentum and because there are a lot of challenges associated with that. So some of it that comes to my mind is grassroots level, right? There's not enough opportunities for women or girls in general, uh, and not just in India, but I think everywhere. But that, I think, is one of the biggest challenge and why it has took you know, so many years to come into the fore and, uh, and professional cricket for women has taken some time to 
to come come to the scenes at the moment so in a nutshell it looks like it's more of perception problem right of lately looking at some of the indian women cricket players they have been doing amazing job and you can clearly say that there is no lack of talent there right that also reflects in the, the way the game is prioritized right so i was reading about article and like you said not just in india but also in countries like uk where there are women's team who have to travel like 60 or 70 miles to play a game which is less than a couple of hours so that clearly tells you that the facilities that they are available to them are kind of sparse and they have to chip in or like go that extra mile to be able to even play the game right as opposed to men's cricket or boys cricket it's a whole different story right yeah i mean there's that's a, that's a very good point right because the funding is so less especially for these small clubs even for their training gears and and kits and all those things female crickets aren't sponsored if you look at club level for boys or or men the 15 year old boys have a sponsor for their pads and kits and which is not the case at all for uh, female athletes so if that's the case then they have to rely on some additional job or uh, this is not their full time job where they can make sure that they are they are earning a good living and that doesn't allow them to focus 100% on the sport on on the training and and on their skills and all those that is true and i think that eventually translates into a stage where you know even the people who for the love of the game go out of their way and try to be involved with the game play international cricket but then for them after that phase of international cricket is done they don't really have anything to fall back on you know what i mean like let's say uh, an ex international men's cricket player he can go and become a coach of the men's team he can go on tv and become an analyst and stuff like that right so there are career opportunities for them even after playing days are over but if you look at it uh, from women's cricket perspective it hasn't been that great you have some players like lisa striker isha guha and now that they're getting that exposure but this wasn't the case 10 or 15 years back right that kind of uh, at the back of every player's mind is like okay i play cricket for like 15 20 years but what do i do with my life after that right so they kind of have to be very judicious about how they spend their time and like you said it's it's really difficult for them to be like you know i'm going to 100% commit to this and going to make this uh, my whole and soul right especially during your yeah. prime years it sounds like the two problems one is the cultural problem and the second is lack of uh, you know ex women players who who are involved in the game currently uh, there are not a whole lot of them so so these young girls they they don't have those kind of ro- role models right if uh, you know ex player like you said men's player can do coaching or commentary and things like that if we see a lot of women's player coming and doing the same thing uh, from previous generation then these girls would have that same kind of motivation right they can see the future they can see that besides cricket they could dwell into these opportunities as well yeah and i think that that's where the point that you bring up right the lack of female representation right and especially i feel like the representation not only needs to come from players but at the same point you need more female representation on the governing bodies right to so come to think of it right icc bcci and all the other major governing boards it's very much dominated by men right like it's men who are making decisions for women's cricket right yeah. but like no matter how much we try to educate ourselves but the reality on the ground is better understood by someone who has been in those shoes right so ex female cricketer will have more suggestions for improvement than a men's uh, cricketer who is just observing it from the outside right and that's what i feel like we need to make an effort to bring more female representation into like decision making by itself because unless someone has gone through the that that process 
I don't think they are going to ever be able to 100% relate to what the challenges are and how much needs to be done, right? So it's easy for the men's cricket board to be like, oh, now we have one female representative and give themselves a pat on the back. But in reality, I mean, sure, that's one step, but there is a long way to go. You know? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, and that, that will kind of attack the grassroots level problem, right? Take, take for example, Rahul Dravid was given this coaching opportunity at grassroots level because, you know, he's going to go and tap in into uh, talent from remote areas of, uh, of India where we know there is talent, but it's the lack of facilities, the communication ba- barrier, right, which a foreign coach cannot understand. So a local guy like Rahul Dravid can help that. He can unhurt that kind of talent. And similar thing, if there's female representation in the you know, coaching staff or management or administration, they understand their problems really well. So I guess the, the suggestion that you've made, I guess that, that kind of tackles that problem. At least it will bring out the gaps. Uh, maybe somebody who is more experienced will have to uh, you know, come up with solutions. But to, yeah. to raise that voice and bring those gaps in front of the, the BCCI or ICC, I think that's very exactly. crucial. Yeah, I mean, I mean, first step of improving anything is acknowledging that there is a problem, right? And then trying to identify what the gaps are, right? What you do after that to change it is a whole different story. But at least you need to start with, you know, okay, these are the problems. And I feel like that won't really happen until you have representation from that group at the top level, you know. Yeah. Last week, the news came out that Claire Connor has been nominated as the first female president of the Melbourne Cricket Club, which is a big deal. It took us 230-odd years to get there. And that, that's a surprise by itself, right? But so, like I said, it's a start, and I hope that it just continues and it just accelerates from here because we can't afford to wait another 233 years to make such a drastic achievement in the game going forward you know yeah and i i think steps like these i think once they start then i i feel that the growth will be exponential because there's a lot of data or a lot of experience from men's cricket right how to improve the game how to commercialize the game and now you bring in this female perspective who will understand those those cultural problems those diversity problems and uh, yeah that along with this business uh, uh, problems once they are solved uh, i think it's it's going to be great for the game of cricket as as a whole not just for women's cricket but because i think there's been talk about trying to spread this game right now only like you can say like 12 or 13 countries play cricket but if women also start playing cricket and women from current countries who don't play cricket if they find this attractive then it's going to be huge right that's a very good point because like you said right we have all this learning from developing and uh, commercializing the product of men's cricket right now it's just a matter of taking that and uh, tweaking it to address specific problems of women's cricket and then using more or less the similar methodology to promote that game, right? Because let's be honest, right? Cricket at the end of the day is a product, right? And it all depends on how you market it, right? The last marketing success was IPL. Cricket was at a stage where, you know, uh, they were concerned about viewership and everything, right? And then IPL came in and it brought the franchise model and it just like changed the game. So if we can do something good like that with women's cricket, I think that that will definitely boost it you know, in the coming years. Yeah. And and I think ICC is also taking other steps, right? They, they just launched a 12-month campaign called 100% Cricket in March, uh, dedicated to women's cricket and build, build on the momentum of the recently concluded T20 World Cup, uh, which was a phenomenal success, right? The finals between India and Australia in Melbourne, there were 88,000 spectators in, in the ground. 
so it it tells right that if there is uh, you know enough infrastructure if there is you know good way to present the matches then then i think there are fans there right who would be interested in watching both men's as well as women's cricket so oh definitely like you said the numbers speak for themselves right and also like i was reading through some of the interviews of the indian women player who actually made it to the finals right they were like we never really expected that kind of a turnout but just being there and seeing that kind of support it was just like you know a totally different feeling for them which as a sportsman you aim to do that right like you want to play in front of a packed stadium and represent your country at the top level so i think yeah st- stuff like that is definitely going to be like you know bring in more more kids into the game and it was also encouraging from commercial standpoint right i mean for star sports who was a broadcaster they they said that it was the highest ever watch women's match uh, with around 9.9 million impressions so that kind of support from the fans is seen then people would be ready to pour in money so i guess that t20 world cup uh, india lost but in terms of cricket i think it was a good turning point in terms of you know where women cricket can now head or what the potential of women cricket is really absolutely yeah i mean like, like you said it not not just for the players but also for the people uh, like the broadcasters and everyone involved who is like every business at the end of the day is trying to make money right so from a broadcaster's perspective the numbers are really phenomenal 9.9 million impressions or just for one game it's it's phenomenal right that gives you an idea of what kind of potential you have in the game right and i think the women's big bash league which has been happening for years now in australia is already a success story in itself right it, it speaks for itself it, they have made sure that you know uh, they get the right platform they package the product right and people come so it's it's as they say right you build and they will come you know you start advertising and you start promoting the game and there will be spectators for it yeah and and yeah. at the same time see what it has done to australian cricket like they have been winning major tournaments oh, yeah. over the years and this big bash has helped even more uh, you know performing in crunch situations uh, having that match practice having that match ready kind of mindset i think those are the other things that will help women cricket to uh, you know enhance their skills and development and match up to the skills of of the men's cricket it may take some time but at least they need that same kind of platform that men cricket are getting uh, or have been getting over the years so yeah and th- that that's a good point that you mentioned because i was reading through one of mithali raj's interviews about uh, some of the ipl experimental games that they had over the past couple of years right so basically they had some women's team spread across three or four teams and they had some games before the playoffs for men's ipl right and yeah. her perspective was that like during those games they got to share dressing room with the men's cricket team and then they got to learn from their experience as well right and that is a huge bonus for someone who's starting off their career like if they come across players who have had international exposure and they have been playing the game for a while of course that accelerates their own growth as well right it's the sharing of ideas it's uh, the mindset everything like you know it kind of helps so i think stuff like that is definitely going to be good for tapping in on the talent that we already have available right and like you said the way australian like the women's big bash has helped australian cricket by itself i don't see why uh, that cannot happen in other countries especially a country like india where we have the potential we know that and interestingly jemima rodrigues who who is also a top order player for india she made similar 
similar point so her journey started as a hockey player but due to lack of funds or lack of uh, what do you call that exposure and no support around her she eventually ventured into cricket because i mean at least cricket in india uh, is already popular so there was some support at least for women's cricket as compared to uh, hockey and that's how she got into cricket so uh, just imagine how many young girls are out there who would want to play any kind of sport but they don't have that kind of support or or maybe ipl is that platform which will bring out this talent and which already exists and it will bring bring to the front and and help develop the overall indian cricket yep and th- that's a good point that you mentioned right like because jamaima's case is basically like uh, she lives in a metro if i'm right she lives in mumbai and mumbai is one of the hot spot for cricket in india right so she had access to at least some facilities not to the extent that men's team might have but she still had better access right and uh, unless we cast the net of ipl wide enough across like the rural india girls from the outskirts of cities and in in the lesser known cities they're not really going to have those opportunities right so it's up, up to bcci or the cricket boards in respective countries to make sure yeah. that they're giving those opportunities to to people who are not just around the metro and same you know? same thing in in england uh, i think they they have that talent they 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 probably have a better infrastructure in place because that women's cricket association started first in england so uh, they they need to commercialize they need to start incentivizing their female cricket better so so that yeah. they can you know get more talent and i guess the, the 100 is is probably the path path forward here yeah. i feel like in in england at least like the women's cricket team is more successful than the men's cricket team so i mean it's yeah. about time <laughs> like like they get their due it's like i think they have four world titles as opposed to like men's cricket team which had their first world title last year Right. Yeah, which was also very debatable. But I don't not yeah. sure whether they deserved it or not. However, it happened. Like history books show, like England's men's cricket team has won World Cup, right? So that's fine. That, that's a whole different view. Right? That's fine. I'm okay with that. Uh, but the thing is, you know, it, it's it's like uh, the US soccer team, right? Uh, the men's association versus the women. US women's soccer team is top of the world, and they have been on the top for a while, right? and they're not really getting their due and it's the same case with uh, i can draw comparisons to cricket in uh, like men's and women's cricket in uk on that right and like you said like uh, the 100 i think it's a good step forward where they have announced the prize money for both the women's and the men's 100 is still going to be the same so that's encouraging but at the same point the contract prices that uh, the players are getting there is a huge disparity in there still which needs to be worked on uh, but i think again it's a start but i think i think uh, i think that will remain for a while because let's say like uh, ben stokes the kind of revenue he would help generate a particular team and then the products that he is endorsing the is not going to be the same versus a lesser known uh, maybe england player right so yeah. i don't think franchises would be straight away willing to you know spend millions of dollars or pounds uh, in, into players but i think once it gets picked up sure i think yeah. that that will also be Uh, at par with with men's cricket and we've been Absolutely. seeing right yeah over the years yeah, the ipl started 2008 uh, msd was 6 uh, cr right now 6 cr like any rookie uh, who has played like few ranji games and has shown some talent gets 3 uh, to 4 cr so you can only imagine how it's going to go uh, once once women cricket start uh, Uh, you know performing and start playing at various stages yeah, that that's absolutely true and i think th- that's where like uh, the cricket boards uh, need to prioritize this right 
you know so if you look at it right it is uh, them investing in their own future right the more money they invest in women development of women's cricket right now let's say 20 years from now women's cricket is 10 times of what it is now right that's going to mean more revenue for the cricket boards right so it's like investing in your own r&d so you can come up with a product which will generate cash in the future so if the board started looking at it from that perspective and start to prioritize it and other boards have big bash right as a, as a model they they can adopt that model or at least start Uh, as a base model and improve according to their uh, geography and and their uh, internal infrastructure and and the talent that they want so there there definitely something like some so where you know these boards can pick up and make it as popular as men's cricket absolutely so in terms of future i think that's that's uh, you know what we discussed currently is going to be critical that will take women's cricket ahead something like an ipl if we just talk about indian cricket uh like a women's ipl will make a lot of sense because that will mean there are going to be lot more exposure for the women there will be more talent from the remote areas that we have been seeing in men's cricket as well so even women's cricket will start seeing that and it only means that from from years coming team will start winning a lot more trophies and i i think ultimately that's what that's what uh, as a nation you want right you want more trophies oh absolutely yeah i honestly can't wait to see indian women team pick up some trophies on their way because they have made it to the finals a couple of times but again it's i think the lack of exposure to game at that level which might have cost us so the more exposure they have to the game the better prepared they are in the future when they make it to the finals and finally bring the trophies home i think yeah that kind of drives a point home what we we've seen in women's cricket and what we'd like to see and what we expect to see i guess we can wrap up on that note 